I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start out by looking at verses 11 to 13, and we'll be turning to a few other passages today as we work our way through the Scriptures this morning. Uh, Today I'm going to give a message that's different than what I normally do. Normally I take a passage of Scripture, or we're studying through a book of the Bible, and we kind of work section by section. But today uh, I'm going to be giving more of what I would call a big picture message. Uh, It's a message that really shares with you, you know, a little bit about who we are and what we believe as a church. For those of us that are part of our congregation, I think it's really good for us to look back and to affirm those things that we believe and are committed to. For those of you that are new to our church, it's an opportunity for you to kind of have some of your questions answered about, you know, what is this church like and what are they committed to? What do they believe and where are they headed as a church? And I hope to share some of that with you in the message this morning. And then uh, in the weeks to come, the next four weeks, we're going to be doing a series after this called Just Walk Across the Room. It's a focus on friendship, evangelism, and reaching out to friends and neighbors. And then after that, we're going to be doing a series in the Gospel of John, uh, doing what I more regularly do, preaching through the Scriptures. So that's where we're headed. And today we're going to begin with this passage in Ephesians 4, uh, starting at verse 11. I'd like to read it for us. It was He, that is Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is God's plan for the church, that we would grow together in unity of spirit and purpose so that the whole body of Christ might be built up until we all become mature in Jesus Christ. Let's pray as we begin. Father, I thank you that you have a purpose and plan for the church, a reason for why we are here, and each one who is a part of your body of Christ has a role to play in that. You've given us gifts and abilities that are unique to each individual. And there are relationships that we have and circles of influence that we are a part of that no one else has those same contacts. And you want us to be your children, to live as your witnesses in this place. And Father, I pray that you would help us to do that, to understand what your purpose and calling is for our church and for our individual life. And I pray that we would join you in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this summer at the Evangelical Free Church Conference uh, down in Eden Prairie, I heard a man speak whose name was Steve Sonderman. And Steve is the men's ministry pastor at Elmbrook Church in Milwaukee. Uh, he's also written a lot of discipleship materials. In fact, one of the series we're going to use, Sole Purpose, Steve wrote. And uh, he is just a, a very interesting speaker. He's intense, you know, in terms of his mission, his calling, the things that God's asked him to do. And he shared this story with us this summer. Um, Steve is a football guy, and I'm talking American football now. And he grew up playing football, he coached football, and he just loves and dies for football. And so when soccer came into, you know, our country and started taking on more and more, he almost, you know, made a vow like, I'll never let my kids play soccer. It wasn't quite that strong, but he just doesn't like soccer. He doesn't get it. 
So when his youngest daughter signed up to play soccer in the local rec program, there were a lot of people who had kind of questions in their mind, like, Steve, are you going to really let her play soccer? You know, are you going to do this? And, of course, he was outnumbered in his family by his wife and his daughters, and so, sure, he was going to let her play soccer. Well, a few days later, he gets a call from the local rec director, and uh, he calls her up, I mean, calls him up and says, you know, um, Steve, you know, your daughter signed up for this soccer team, and that's really great. I mean, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with it. And he goes, well, you know, Steve, we, we've got a problem, though. He goes, we don't have anybody to coach it. <laughs> and, and Steve, since you've had some coaching experience, I wonder if you'd be willing to coach your daughter's soccer team. Or, you know, we might not have a team this year for them. And so Steve's kind of like, you know, oh boy, you know, God, what are you doing here? And he goes, okay, I'll coach my daughter's soccer team. So he calls up the local public library and he asks them if they have any videos or books on uh, soccer. And they, they go, well, of course we got books on that and videos. He goes, well, I want them all. I want all of them. And she goes, well, no, you can only check out six things at a time. And he goes, well, you don't understand. You know, if I can't check them all out, I'm just going to come back. You know, today I'll take six, tomorrow I'll take six, the next day I'll take six until I've got them all checked out. And so she kind of chuckled and agreed to put them together, and so he picked them up. He's an intense guy. He's a competitor, and so he figured if he had checked out everything, then none of the other coaches would be able to do that. And he'd have an advantage. <laughs> and so he's looking at this to understand the game of soccer and figure out how he's going to coach. Now, these, these are young girls. You know, these are not, you know, intense. They're still probably as much concerned about how they look and having fun and all of that as they are playing soccer. And so the first day of practice, he does the kind of classic opening statement, you know, girls, this is a soccer ball. The object of this game is to kick this soccer ball into the goal. And you can do that by kicking or you can hit it in with your head. You can, you know, do about anything you want. You just can't use your hands. You can't pick it up and throw it in there or slap it in there. And he said, if you get that ball in the net, you know, more times than your opponent, you're going to win. It's a pretty simple game. He goes, you know, we're not going to have positions we're not going to have assignments where people play. You know, everybody's just going to go for the ball and we're just going to, you know, play soccer doing this. And I know that would drive real soccer coaches nuts thinking about that. But he's got these girls at this young age, you know, and he's just wanting them to be aggressive. And the whole point of the game is to kick this ball into the net. So wouldn't you know, they play out the season, to make a long story short, at the end of the year, they set a record for the most goals allowed in the season. <laughs> the other team scored lots of goals against them. But they also set a record for the most goals scored in a season. It was a little bit of that herd mentality, following the ball around wherever it went on the soccer field. But they ended up scoring more goals than anybody else, and they won their league. Every week he started out by asking those girls before the game, what's the object of the game? The game is to, it's all about kicking this ball into the net. Do that again more times than your opponent, you're going to win. And every girl on that team knew what soccer was ultimately about, what the object of the game was. Well, I use that as a metaphor today for us to think about our mission as a church. 
what is our mission as a church? What is it that God has called us to do and to be? And do we understand that? And are we committed to that? Because there's many good things that a church can do and be involved in. But sometimes those good things can take you away from the most important thing. And that's why we need to be reminded again of what the mission of the church really is. And today we're going to look at those three areas. When I talk about what is our mission, well, we state it like this in two sentences. Here's the first one. We believe that God has placed us in the Chisago Lakes area to be a loving, biblical, and relevant witness to the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a reason that you and I are here, that God has called us to this area, and it is to be a witness for Him. And we want to do that in a way that is loving, that shows Christ's love to others, that is biblical, that's true to His Word, that is relevant, that is speaking to the issues of our time and the needs that people have, and that points others to Jesus Christ, to His grace and mercy and His truth, so that they might come to know Him too. All of that is stated very clearly in the Scriptures. For example, in Acts 17, verses 25 and 26, the scripture, or excuse me, 26 and 27, the Bible says this, that from one man He made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and He determined the time set for them, and the exact places where they should live. And God did this so that men would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. That is an astounding uh, passage of Scripture. It says, From one man, from Adam, God made all men. And He is the one who determined the exact places where we would live and the exact times in which we would live. He brought you to this area. He brought me to this area so that we might come to know Him, grow in our relationship with Him, and introduce others to Jesus Christ as well. When He commissioned the disciples, He said, I want you to be My witnesses. In Acts 1.8, He said, You shall be My witnesses here in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He gave them the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill that mission and calling in their life. If He were talking to us, He would say, you know, that I've called you and I want you to be My witnesses here in the Chisago Lakes area. And Lindstrom, Chisago City, Center City, the neighboring communities, wherever we live, reaching out to our Judea, those who are like us, our Samaria, those who live close to us but that are different ethnically or uh, in different uh, areas that divide people to build bridges that cross those kind of lines so that others might come to know Jesus Christ. All of this comes from Jesus who has given us His great commission. We state secondly that our mission then is to glorify God, to bring Him honor and glory by making healthy, multiplying disciples who will work together to reach the world for Jesus Christ. That's our mission. We want to honor God. We want to lift Him up in our praise and our worship as we did today, but also by our lives. We want to help make multiplying disciples who in turn are going to mentor and disciple and teach and share the good news with others and work together to reach the world for Jesus Christ. 
Where does this come from, this statement? It really comes directly from Christ's great commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. When He said to the disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, every ethnic group among mankind. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you, which would also include this command. And He said, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, I am with you as you carry out my great commission. In John 15:8, Jesus said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God is honored and glorified when we bear much fruit in our life. The change that He's made in us, the, the way that He has turned our life around when we've come from a relationship where we did not know Christ now into a relationship that is growing and fulfilling, it brings honor and glory to Him. So for us, the main thing that we are committed to doing as a church is we want to win people to Christ, we want to build them up in their faith, and we want to send them out to reach others for Jesus Christ. We are committed to intentional discipleship as the mission of the church. In our church, it looks like this, and you've seen the baseball diagram that we use to explain it, but I want to put it up here again. When we talk about um, our, our discipleship path, uh, we invite people to, in a sense, run the bases, if you will. In the first phase, we call it the come and see phase, where that's where you're inviting a person if they have questions about who is Jesus Christ or how do we know the Bible is true or what does it mean to have a relationship with God or how can my sins be forgiven. In that come and see phase, it's where we're inviting people to just simply come. Come and see and have your questions answered because the Bible has answers for those kind of things that people wrestle with. And so that first running to first base is really that whole journey of understanding who God is and what He has done for us. It's bringing a person to the point of commitment where they have come to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. The second base, the follow me stage, is really being established then in your faith. It's taking that new believer and sharing with them the tools that there are in the Christian faith that can help us to grow in our relationship with Him. The importance of the Word of God and prayer and fellowship with other believers. Learning how to share your faith or learning how to study the Scriptures for yourself. It's growing deep in the Christian life and establishing them in those basic spiritual disciplines. Going to third base is the equipping phase. That's when a person now has the tools to grow and they understand that there's something that God wants each of us to do. But how do I discover what my spiritual gifts are and my passion for ministry? And how is it that God has wired me? Where is there a place for me to serve in the body of Christ? And in that third phase is where we are helping people to discover their spiritual gifts, passion, uh, getting them involved in ministry so that they can become a laborer in the body of Christ. And then running toward home is not the finish line. That's not the end of the line. But running toward home in that remain in me phase is really helping people to have those kind of ongoing relationships that will encourage you to walk with God for the rest of your life so that you can become a mentor, someone who disciples others, someone who's involved in ministry and using your gifts, and you are excited about that. 
that's the path. If you've never gone through the discipleship training that we have, this would be a good year for you to do that. And join one of our sole purpose groups and be involved in a small group where you can learn those basic practices that will help you to grow. If you're new and you have questions about what does it mean to know Jesus Christ, we have a Christianity Explored class that would help you to answer some of those questions. There's a place for each one of us at different stages in our spiritual journey to be involved so that we can continue to grow. And if you have questions about that, talk to any of us as staff, or especially talk to Pastor Ron, who uh, gives leadership to our adult ministry uh, program, and he can help you to find the right group for you. You see, our role as staff at Lakes Free is to prepare God's people for ministry according to Ephesians 4, 11-13. That's the passage I read at the beginning. God has given some to be leaders in the church. Some were apostles, some were prophets, some were evangelists. And some are pastors and teachers. And our role as leaders in the church, it says, is to prepare God's people for works of service or ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see, God didn't intend that, say, pastors or leaders in the church would just do everything and everybody else would sort of watch. No, He instead designed the church so that leaders in the church would help everyone who's a part of the congregation to discover their gifts and be involved in ministry so that the whole church would grow. Because as I said even in my prayer this morning, there are circles of influence and friendships and relationships that you have that no one else has. And you may be the person that God wants to use to introduce somebody else to Jesus Christ. It might be where you work, it might be in the neighborhood where you live, it might be in your family and extended relationships. God has a reason for you being there. As staff, we are player coaches. We are in the game with you, if you will. We are not called to do everything for you. But we are here to lead and train and serve so that you can grow and that we can serve Christ together. Does it work? Yes, it does. A few years ago, Ron and I were interviewing a woman in our church for one of our staff positions. And we didn't know uh, her real well, and so as we normally do when we're looking to call people or to have people in different areas of responsibility, we start by hearing their testimony. You know, tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey. How did you come to know Christ, and, and how has God led you since then? And as she began to tell her story, well, she goes, well, you know, it's really right here. A couple of years ago, you know, I had come for a while, I had been attending, and was right here in a worship service one Sunday morning when you gave a prayer of invitation. I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and be my Savior and Lord. I was like, wow, that's really neat. You know, and then, and then she started to share too how then from there on she had gotten involved in a small group and she had started growing a relationship with Christ and then got involved in ministry and, and started to serve and now had come to the point where she was interested in this position. And I think about our baseball diagram as here is a person who was, if you will, running the bases of that baseball diagram And we didn't even know it. Ron and I, you know, we weren't directly involved in mentoring or discipling or teaching. But it was working. The things that we had put in place because of you and your gifts and abilities leading those different groups were helping to take someone so that they could become established in their faith 
as a new believer growing and maturing in Jesus Christ and learning how they could serve in the body of Christ. And over and over again we see that happening. That's what we want. We want to be a church where that is happening on a regular basis. You see, if I can go on to the second area, I want to share that our vision is to be a church with a regional influence. When we say that, we understand that that is by the grace of God. We can't do that in our strength. That's too ambitious. That's too big a dream apart from the grace of God. And when we talk about that, we also want to say that it's not about us when we say that. It's about the kingdom of God and growing the kingdom. You see, we want to partner with other like-minded believers and churches to introduce others to Jesus Christ. As pastors, we are involved in a pastor's prayer group in the community praying for the churches in our area that they might grow and that God would bless them as they follow Him. And we provided training at times through our seminars and teaching to other churches and leaders from other churches in the areas of discipleship and worship. We provide resources in terms of every year after our vacation Bible school, there are other churches that ask if they can use some of our materials or decorations or supplies, and we loan those out to other churches to use again. We support and work with other ministries like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Missionary Evangelism to Correction because we want to partner together with other people, other believers that are committed to the same goals to reach this community for Jesus Christ. It is not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. We also want to be a church where people are coming to know Christ regularly through each of our ministries. And it's a real joy when we are able on a Sunday morning to put up white roses that symbolize every time somebody's come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether it's through Awana or our youth ministry or our adult programs, uh, when we hear those stories of people that have trusted Christ as their Savior, We want to celebrate and acknowledge that. And we are praying for those kind of powerful conversions. We want to be a church where people are growing in their faith, using their gifts in ministry. We want to reach out in our community to be a savoring influence for Jesus Christ. And we want to be a church that is sending out laborers into the harvest. It's committed to missions and reaching beyond just our area, but raising up uh, young men and women and others who will be a part of future ministry opportunities, whether it's here or around the world. That's our vision. And it's so exciting to see that happening all the time. God has been very good to us as we have grown as a church and we've seen Him call others out from our congregation to be a part of that. Even the uh, drama that we'll see next Sunday night, Sunong, through the Wycliffe Ministry, has a connection uh, to our church in the sense that Kerry Gustafson went out from here and is working with Wycliffe in Thailand. And what you'll see next Sunday night will give you a picture of what happens as a people group gets the Scripture in their language for the very first time. And that's what Kerry is working on. You know, when we look at these things, we see how much all of this does require manpower and resources to be able to do that. It's why Christianity is not a spectator sport. It never was. never was intended to be that. Howard Hendricks, who taught at Dallas Theological Seminary, used to say that uh, too often the church is like a weekend football game 
where you have thousands of people in the stands desperately in need of exercise and you have 22 players on the field desperately in need of rest. And something needs to change. You know, you need everybody involved so that we are each carrying our responsibilities in ministry. That's our mission. That's our vision. The last thing I want to share with you then are our core values. Our core values are the things that we believe that drive everything we do. If we were talking about a sailboat, this would be the keel and the ballast. The things that are below the waterline that keep us running through, whether it's you know storms or difficulties or challenges, what are the things that are going to keep you moving along? When days are great and the wind is fine, it's easy to sail. But on those days when things are difficult, how do you keep your balance? You need to have these kind of core values, and they are non-negotiables. There are ten. And I want to say to you this morning, you don't have to take notes on all of these because at the end of the service, the ushers are going to be at the back. And we'll have handouts that state our mission and our core values. And you can pick those up, put them in your Bible, take them with you, review them during the week, and use them. But here's what we are committed to. We are committed to, number one, biblical authority. We are committed to the Scriptures. We believe in the authority and the power of the Scriptures as God's Word. It is our guide for everything that we do. We are committed, secondly, to unity and spirit and purpose. We value unity and teamwork as we follow God's purposes for our church. That doesn't mean that we all think alike or look alike at all. Unity brings together the diversity of gifts in the body of Christ, but it joins us all in this common mission so that that diversity that there is in the body of Christ can be put together to work toward a common goal. And that's what's exciting when that happens. We are committed, thirdly, to intentional discipleship. We are committed to helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We believe that the measure of a church is not how many people come on Sunday morning. It's not how big the the building is or how big the budget is. The measure of a church is the kind of people we are becoming. Are we growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ? And are we becoming more and more like Him in our character and in our conduct? We are committed to loving relationships. We believe that people grow best in the context of loving relationships. We are committed to caring for one another in the body of Christ and as a witness to the world. That's why we have ministries in our church that are like the Stephen ministry that care for one another when we are hurting or in need. It's also why we do things that reach out to the community like our sharing shop or our car care ministry or things like that that help those when they need assistance. We are committed to dynamic worship. We desire to lift up Jesus Christ and help others come into the presence of God in worship. But we believe that worship is more than what happens on Sunday morning when we come and we sing and we praise God. Worship is a lifestyle for every believer where our heart, our soul, our mind, our body, our strengths are all given to the Lord to honor and lift Him up all through the week. And that is our spiritual act of worship. We believe in powerful prayer. We believe that prayer is indeed powerful and that apart from Him we can do nothing. Prayer is essential to everything that we do. 
It's why we invite you and call upon you to join in those times when we have our special prayer meetings or focuses, whether it's on missions or the ministry of the church, whether it's on uh, praying for individual needs through our prayer chains or praying in our small groups and our ABFs. We are committed to prayer. We believe in a fruitful, in fruitful evangelism. We believe that salvation is found only in Jesus Christ, and we are committed to bringing the gospel to people who live in our community. In your bulletins today, there's an insert there on our uh, theater season, if you will, our worship and art season of music and theater and drama that we're going to be using throughout the year. Those are great opportunities in a very uh, casual way to invite someone to come to enjoy, whether it's a concert or a drama, and to hear something about Jesus Christ. Some of those will present the gospel very clearly. Others will just be relationship building. And we'll talk about Jesus Christ and the ministry that we have. But all of those can be steps that can bring someone closer into knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And we encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities. We are committed to leadership development. We want to help people discover their gifts and use them in ministry. We are committed to training and equipping people to be laborers in the harvest. Uh, This goes beyond what we do in our intentional discipleship programs. We also have something we call church-based training for those that are interested in looking at uh, maybe serving in vocational ministry. And they're thinking about that. How could God be calling them to serve as a youth pastor, worship leader, uh, missions, or ministry? And in our church-based training, we take classes that are more like seminary-level classes. And uh, it's more rigorous in terms of the study and discussion. And we invite people to join in that in a small group setting to help raise you in your knowledge of the Scriptures and your skills for ministry. And we're doing that on a regular basis here. We are committed to a culturally relevant ministry. We desire to minister to the people in our community in ways that are culturally appropriate and that will help them to hear the gospel. And that's why it's so important that we minister in ways that reach each generation for Christ too. There are differences in in tastes and preferences, if you will, among those that are seniors or those that are maybe baby boomers or the baby busters or the next generation and all the way on down the line. We want to minister to each age group in a way that is culturally relevant to them so that they might come to know Christ. And then we are committed to missions and church planting. We are committed to bringing the gospel to those who have never heard of Christ And we believe that church planting is one of the most effective ways to do that. We've done that twice in nearby areas, in Osceola and in Wyoming, Minnesota. And just this week, I talked to the pastors of both of those churches, and it was so encouraging to hear how they were feeling about their church and their ministries and the good things that they were seeing happen. That's exciting. And we want to look at other communities nearby and look at those as potential opportunities for our adult Bible fellowships to meet or for church planting to take place in those areas as well as through missions. That's exciting. When I think about what God has done, I just praise Him. Twenty-two years ago, our church began as a daughter church from Cost Evangelical Free Church. And we started out with around 12 families or so. But we had a big vision and we believed in a big God. 
and that God could do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we asked or imagined. And through the years, we have seen God change hearts and lives in powerful conversions. We have seen the church grow. We've seen Him provide land and buildings and staff, and He has met our needs and our budget in amazing ways at times. We've seen Him call people from our church to other ministries to serve Him in other parts of the world, and we have planted other churches. We've reached out in our community, and we have grown ourselves. And we are excited about the future and the things that God is going to do in the years ahead. Our vision is still looking ahead and considering the possibilities of what God can do as He continues to work through each of us. And we invite you to join in this journey. Now, when I think about those girls on that soccer team, they understood what the goal was. The goal of soccer, kick this ball into the net. Do that more times than the other team and you're going to win. And have fun in the process of doing that. And our mission as a church is we are here to glorify God, to bring Him honor and glory by making healthy, multiplying disciples who will work together to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We're just one small part of that. But we serve a great God and what He can do when we give Him our gifts humbly and say, God, would you use us? is pretty incredible. And that's where we're headed this year. Would you join us? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the gifts that you have given to each one who sits in this room today. I thank you for those that are using their gifts in ministry already in many different ways as leaders and teachers and serving in different areas of ministry in our church. We really do need one another. And I pray that you would help us to follow you faithfully, to be true to your word, and to be your witnesses in this community for Jesus Christ. We ask it for your honor and glory. Amen.